0: Welcome to the podcast about two good friends sharing stories to surprise and delight each other. I'm Courtney Farrell and I'm Mason new
1: and this is I got one for you. Welcome back to I've got one for you. I'm Courtney Farrell and this is Mason new and we're glad you're here. This is a conversation between two good friends. Mason and I gather once a week to try and surprise and delight each other. Help each other think about something new or laugh or maybe even be moved to tears, but definitely to get excited about the world we're living in. That's right. And um, Mason, I will start us off today. I've spent the last, I don't know, four hours sort of tidying my house. Okay. Which is a Sisyphusian task. Um,
0: <laughs> Moving the rock.
1: It is exactly what it is. It's washing the same dish and picking up the same toy, most of which are not mine. But I, most of which. I, it's true. So I, I was going through the house, and I noticed that I purposely leave certain rooms for last, which means they never, ever get addressed. But I always try and clean the front hall. And I always try and clean the front stoop. And I was thinking about today while I was doing it, the importance of that part of the house. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's probably my favorite part of the house because it's where all the helloing and goodbying happens. Ah, you know, it's, yeah, it's the front door. It's the it's the sitcom when someone walks through the door. Like, who's right. it going to be? Yeah, and that's then there's right. Like right, sure. The applause track, right? <laughs> I love I love the front door opening. Um, I just. I love the front door opening and someone walking in, and maybe it comes from our time living on Hummel Dorm at Episcopal High School mm-hmm. in Alexandria, where we had this magic door into our apartment that happened to attach to a dorm where forty five fifteen year old boys lived <laughs> and
0: so that door was people were coming and going coming uh, and going. going a lot <laughs>
1: they were, and that you know when I say it out loud, it sounds terrifying, but it was always so much fun and it it always um I don't know. It reminds me of just the joy of a homecoming. Like, what does it mm-hmm. feel like yeah. when you walk into your home? Mm-hmm. And you know, does the dog care? Do your kids care? Does your spouse come running? Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't, do you wish they would? Or do you like right. the do you like the sneak in approach? You know, where you right. make, you slide in when no one can tell you're there, and you just <laughs> make it right up to the bedroom to take a little lie down before you're <laughs> before someone finds you.
0: Well, I <clears throat> I mean. This is a little, you know, more serious, but just this sort of time of year, you know, we're in the springtime. And last year at this time, uh, we were, well, in March, we were in Lisbon, Portugal. When, oh, wow. But we had gone there really before all the terrifying stuff about COVID was coming out. Spain and Italy were starting to shut down while we were there. Well, that's a relaxing vacation. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, the first part of it was, it was glorious. I mean, it, it, we had incredible experiences, meals. Um, but anyway, I'll be brief here, but, but, uh, I'll never forget it. We were, we, we were two days away from leaving and three in the morning, uh, Melissa's brother barges in and says, you all need to get on the phone with your airline because uh, the president is closing the borders.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. So, um,
1: so that got real for you. It got real.
0: Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was an intense 24 hours because we went to the airport. No one knew anything. No one, you couldn't get any answers. And, I, I won't go into all the details, but we luckily got like the last four tickets that we could get on a different airline, flew us back into Dulles Airport, and I've never, ever been happier in my life to come home.
1: Wow. I bet. I bet that was scary, knowing that the borders are going to be closed. I mean, it's not something that we as Americans experience often, right. this and, idea and,
0: of borders closing. and And we didn't the information was was uh, i'm not going to get into politics on any of our podcasts but it, the information was in unclear and so people were you know getting worried and everything like that and and we have an expression in the in the marines when you when you get over land if you're on a helicopter or a transport or something that's called boots dry which is like you're not over the ocean anymore. Right, so when you crash, you're not going to drown. That's what yeah. I do when I'm flying yeah.
1: and I'm over land. I think, you know, this is a different kind of airplane crash position. Uh, yeah, I well you need it, to know about blowing into those little tubes to get that, that true, thing to true inflate. But,
0: but I, I, some friends of mine were trying to help us get home, and I remember sending them a text when we landed, and I said, Boots Dry USA, and I, I, it, it was such joy and relief to know that we had gotten home
1: you know it's it's interesting because i suspect that one of the reasons why we travel is so that we can come home yes i mean i don't think we i don't think we think that i mean a lot of times and i think travel is a little bit different than a vacation first of all sure um a vacation you're, you 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 want to take all of your friends your fun who you are you want to go and just live live it up mm-hmm. travel you want to have a unique experience where very true right you're ha- you're doing something that doesn't feel normal right? right you're experiencing somebody else's culture you're not bringing your own culture mm-hmm. down to their their place mm-hmm. and that's a little bit of a nuance but i do think this this notion of coming home what it feels like when you walk in the door after you've been away? Yes. What it smells like? Yes. You know, does it smell like your house has been all locked up? Is it like, do you ever just walk in and you think, is this really what we smell like? <laughs> <laughs> is this what other people experience when they walk into our house for the first time? And if so, why do they hang around us?
0: <laughs> mm, these these people have two basset hounds, apparently. Mmm. <laughs> It's true. It's the it's the oldest story uh, of humanity. I mean, the Odyssey is about coming home. We have homecoming football games and homecoming events in schools and you know, it's the ritualized celebration of coming home. And of course you have to leave to understand you know what your home really is.
1: Oh gosh, that's so you reminded me of something. And It's not off-topic, but it's about homecoming. So when I I had a wonderful childhood, and I had so many good guy friends, but when dance time would come, they got pretty scarce. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I got asked to the homecoming dance by a very nice guy, and um, I decided that I was so excited that I'd been asked I like, didn't even care who it was. I got asked, like this is right. a big deal. And so I decided what I would do is go get my hair done cuz I felt like that's what all the other girls went and did. They got their hair done up, okay. right? Or they get their I mean I was a tomboy. There's no painting of the nails for me. <laughs> but I thought I'd do that. Now the the one thing I didn't know about getting your hair done is that you actually have to plan in advance for that. Like,
0: oh. G- you girls do. who go
1: get their hair done, they make an they make an appointment.
0: Uh, oh, oh, right, right. Right. Of course.
1: That was something that I was unaware new, n- of. New new information
0: new for information. you. New
1: information. So the only place that would take me at four o'clock on the evening of the dance was this was this place called Vavoom. <laughs> And I distinctly, <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember La-voom. the I distinctly remember the name of the place because it was in neon. It was in a, a neon sign.
0: boom uh-huh. like a comet. I'm seeing a comet. Exactly. a comet blasting out of lots uh, of uh,
1: lots of pastels. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the anyway, pastel comet. I go in. I ask the nice lady who who did not speak English very well. I, you know, I just told her that I was going to a, a dance. And she then started to do my hair, and I again I approached this a little bit more. I I was very tired, so I started to nod a little bit while she was blow drying and pulling and spraying (laughs) and all the stuff. And she tried to make some chit chat, and I really wasn't in the mood to talk that much. She asked me if I liked what what was my favorite color. I remember this. She said, "What are your favorite color?" And I responded with, "I like all the colors." I like all the, I, mean, I like most all I like okay. most all the colors. Okay. I thought it was a throwaway comment. I thought it was just oh, no. talking. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't understand again that that might be um oh. that might be an important question to answer yeah. natural. I like natural colors, but instead uh-huh. I said I like all the colors. At any rate, she's pulling with the brush and the hairdryer <laughs> and the flipping it over <laughs> and the flipping it back and the pins and the spray, the spray good Gracious, the spray. <laughs> the spray. Anyway, I stopped kind of looking at myself because that didn't look normal to me. But I walked outside. I got in my car. I, I drove home. I went up into my room. I get out the dress that I'm going to wear. I turn on the light, and the light catches on my hair. She has sprayed glitter. <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> all the colors.
1: She put all, the <laughs> all the colors of glitter. Not one not blue, not pink, not yellow, all the oh. colors <laughs> of glitter in my hair. And I don't know where, where my parents were at this time, but they weren't downstairs, you know, ready to take prom pictures. I mean, they, mm-hmm. I don't, it wasn't a big event in our family that I was going to homecoming. It was just an event in my life. And the doorbell rang. It's my date downstairs. And I've got <laughs> my hair done up with glitter in my hair. It was humiliating, and I, don't even, I didn't even know what to even to do. What do you say to this? I don't even know this guy very well, so I'm going to say, hi. I was,
0: was going to ask you. If, I got hairspray he... in my
1: hair. What like, was there to say? There was nothing to say. It was just a night to endure.
0: It was Aww. a night to
1: endure. And, that, and at dinner, I looked down, and the glitter had started to make its exit from my hair down in a little ring around. And my, my only way to sort oh, of address no. it was I said at dinner, and we were with some other people, and I said, um, Hey, do you guys wanna you guys wanna tell about your most embarrassing moments? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first.
0: <laughs> right now. Here.
1: This evening. Now. If someone ever asks you what your favorite colors are, just tell them the truth. <laughs> Don't say all the colors. I think Sarah Palin learned that lesson when someone asked her about reading. <laughs> all the magazines. I read it all.
0: Uh well, travel homecoming I mean that was a homecoming of of a sort. Oh, I, I was guess. so glad
1: to come home that night yeah, and take yeah, a shower yeah, yeah. and yeah. get back to who I knew myself <laughs> as. Goodness gracious
0: well, you know we're 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 entering into a new phase, and you know I've seen it now. people are loosening up and people are you know not quite as hemmed in and you know travel is obviously going to be a big. Heart. And oh it, it'll gosh. be really interesting to, to read and hear about, you know, what it's like to travel post-COVID. You've been locked in your house for a year or whatever. And then what's that going to be like well, coming Well, the back? other
1: thing that's cool that I've never really thought of until right now is before when you traveled, if you really went far, far afield, you didn't necessarily have a lot in common with the place where you were going. But we're all going ah, to have this right. common yep. thread of what was COVID like for you. Yeah. Right? We're gonna really be able to sit down with someone in France and hear about how they coped the day with the day to day and what their restrictions were and all that. So I think there's gonna be this this connection point that we really didn't have before that's gonna Because it's a
0: universal experience. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Although each people sort of had it their own.
0: Right. I mean they they're different things, but we were all as a world population to some degree
1: hemmed mm-hmm. i I'm excited I, I have I used to travel a lot um, for work and for other things, but I'm excited to get back to airplane travel because of the massage. <laughs> <laughs> the one when you go to TSA and you refuse <laughs> to go through their little turnstile, then they they put you in a separate line <laughs> and you go through in this nice woman or man depending on you know who you are, will come up to you and they'll put on some gloves and they'll say we're going to have to we're going to ha- have to touch you all over. We'll use the back of our hands. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if you, so all... you
0: intentionally Well, sometimes
1: it's... I think about putting a little metal piece, you know, back <laughs> on my right shoulder just so they really have to dig in there. <laughs> you know? But to me, it's the best part of traveling is if you want to get to the airport early, it's so you can get the massage. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the biggest piece. Well,
0: if you if you could go if you could go anywhere or once we once we get to the part where 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 would you go? Sure. Where are you gonna go?
1: Well, Wordy and I have planned a trip to Italy twice now. Oh. Twice. Once I think we even had tickets that we had to cancel because of COVID. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I love it. I I did a lot of studying of the Italian language. For our first idea of a trip, and I, um, I got these little tapes, these little CDs, and I would listen to mm-hmm. and I would, I would practice them while I was driving. And at the end of hours, it seems of some very hardcore studying, I can say one line, <laughs> which is "Mi dispiace, ma non è accettabile perché è molto tardi," which I think I think, I think <laughs> means. I'm sorry, I can't do that because it's much too late. So that's a completely unhelpful sentence for me because I'd like to be out much too late. But I'm glad I know how to say I'm sorry. Mi dispiace.
0: Well, we, we I'll, I'll check the uh, the the podcast downloads. I think we do have a few people in Italy listening. Right, they're and- going to have no idea what I just said.
1: <laughs> I apologize. So I'd, I'd like to go to Italy. I really would like to go to Italy. There's so much... I want to see the art there. I want to taste the food there. I want to, I want to just experience it. I've,
0: I've been, I've been to Italy five times. Oh
1: come on, I'm jealous. I have, I
0: have been, I have been five times, and I would go tomorrow if I could. Where'd you go? Um, well, on multiple trips, you know, Florence, Rome, Naples, Pompeii. Mm. Um, but I also have the uh the distinction of italy is the only place i have ever hitchhiked
1: oh was it successful did you you didn't well i'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm here
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i'm alive
1: now what made you do that were you drunk
0: no i was i i had so anyway just it's 1997. I had come back from my active duty stint in the Marines. I'd had a pretty rough year for a variety of reasons. A friend of mine uh, named Russell was over in England, and he said, why don't you come over? And when I was in college, I had fallen under the spell of this art history professor named uh, Dr. George Bent, and, and I took this Italian Renaissance art class and a Northern Renaissance art class, and... I, and um a baroque art class from him and I just I was fascinated with the arch- architecture, the art, sculpture, painting, everything. So Russell had said we'll come over and then we'll go to we'll go to Florence. So he had some friends over there. We go to Florence. They were staying in a uh, apartment near the Ponte Vecchio. Mm. And the Ponte Vecchio is sort of the central part of Florence. So anyway, we'd gone out to dinner and we had this really nice evening and stuff and and Russell decides he's going to go back with the friends to the apartment and I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that. So I started walking around and it's getting later and later and it's a medieval town which means it's like you get lost like you forgot, immediately. You,
1: you need a compass. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, no GPS and I don't speak Italian. So anyway, So I go to one place, go to another place. I'm just enjoying myself, just walking around. And I I go to this one nightclub and everybody's having a good time and dancing and everything. And then I come out and it's, you know, it's, it's late. And it's like Blind Man's Bluff. You've been
1: blindfolded and spun in about four different directions. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Go find them.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, uh, I don't know where I am. I mean, I had just gotten lost in the moment of just walking around. And so I go, all right, well, if I get to the river, I know the Ponte Vecchio is either lot- right or left, it's either <laughs> right or left. And so I I take a left <laughs> and I'm walking and I'm like, I have no idea where this thing is. So I stick my thumb out the, to hitchhike. And
1: that means the same thing in every language, you're sure? Uh,
0: I wasn't sure, but apparently it is. Because in 10 seconds, car stops. Were you scared? Um, well, I was for, <laughs> for, for nine of those seconds. And then the windows roll down, and two of the most gorgeous Italian women I have ever seen are, are in the car. Wow. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. Maybe they're not ex-murderers. <laughs> I hope they're not ex-murderers. <laughs> anyway, so I get in the car. <clears throat> the, the girl I was in shotgun, she gets in the back. I get in the shotgun, and it's a sports car, and they're zipping through the town. And, and uh, I go, Ponte Vecchio, in the best Italian accent that I could come up with. And they're 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 jabbering away. chingale quattro formaggi, you know, like all this stuff. Like, and I don't know a single word that they're saying, but I'm also very self-conscious that they're gonna start making fun of me in Italian. <laughs> so anyway, so at the right pauses, I would just sort of indicate that I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'd look over at them, and sort of give them like a, mm,
1: mm, mm, you know, like one of those. <laughs> With the big eyebrows yeah, and the, the, <laughs> the turned down curve of the mouth. Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> totally. Anyway, so they, go, so, they, so they finally say, they said to me, they asked me some questions in, in English and I sort of shrugged my shoulder. I'm sorry, in Italian, I shrugged my shoulders and stuff. And they go, in English, they go, do you speak Italian? And I went. See,
1: <laughs> did yeah. they stop the car and push you out? Pretty much, but luckily,
0: <laughs> luckily, luckily for me, they, they stopped right at the Ponte Vecchio. They kicked me out. They're probably somewhere in Italy right now laughing about this idiot American that they picked up 20 years ago.
1: You know what? It's It's those stories, <laughs> though, I think that get to this. The most amazing part. What a (laughs) great night. What a great night. It was a great night. Of course it ends that way. And of course, I'm sure you walked in about 10 feet tall and bulletproof (laughs) into your apartment and your friends. I went as a, oh, I don't know, a rising ninth grader. I did a French exchange program. And this lovely girl, Beatrix Joleneau, came over to stay with us for about a month. And then I went over and stayed with her Mm -hmm. and um, Beatrix was much older than I was same age, but she was much older. I mean, I was, Mm. I had, I was immature and young and she was very mature (laughs) and old and all of her friends were older. And, um, I mean, I learned a lot on this trip. Um, <laughs> she, was,
0: she was French 15 versus... Yes, she was
1: French versus versus <laughs> an American 8. <laughs> at any rate, so we go, and they, their family went on vacation to this place called the Island of Mallorca in Spain, mm-hmm. which, even at the time, and even at my immature state, I realized was a pretty amazing place. Right. I mean, this, was, this is a place designed to party. Got it. This is this is a the island of Mallorca is made to go sailing during the day and go to a nightclub at night. Okay. And um, so during the day we would sail, and at night we go to these nightclubs, which is you know highly we highly inappropriate <laughs> and somewhere between terrifying and wonderful. I mm-hmm. I wasn't sure quite where I felt. But anyway, th- the family didn't eat much, and okay. I was at the time running pretty substantially, and I ate all the time. I was like a you know, uh, what do you? I was thinking of a name of a cow. What, what's a good name of a cow? I can't remember. What the Holstein? Whatever <laughs> oh, oh, they are. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I was a grazer and a full meal taker. I, I needed every right. calorie I could get. So they would go buy food for me, which I would devour within an hour. <laughs> and I'm sure then they would then talk about me. And- <laughs> French behind my back. Anyway, so one day we're on this sailboat in the middle of the Mediterranean. It is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. they proudly present me with the French version of pizza, which you would think would be incredible. But right. for whatever reason, it did not resemble pizza at all. And I took a bite, and it definitely was not something that I thought <laughs> I could consume.
0: mm mm-hmm. And so, so even as hungry as you were, didn't matter. it didn't this, matter. This, this, this one, was not, this was off the this, charts. This, this was off the,
1: no, nope. um, again, immature 15 year old, right. not going to happen. So I decided the best thing that I could do was to put the pizza in my hand and sort of crinkle it up. It was square. And just hold it in my hand, and when their backs <laughs> were turned, I would dive into the water, <laughs> and I would go as far to the bottom as I could, and then I'd put the pizza on the bottom of the ocean floor, and then come on back <laughs> up. And I thought this was a phenomenal plan—get rid of the evidence,
0: right? You know, I, and, and some, some, you know, fish or shark or something sure, is going to eat this. It's going to
1: be on the bottom of the. I don't have to worry about it. So I—they're right. all there on the back of the boat. Very, you know, <clears throat> small sailboat. Anyway, I jump off, I dive, and I dive hard. I I hold my breath for longer than I have ever held my breath. That could have been in one of those, those contests, you know, like how far you can go without oxygen. I think I make it to the bottom. At the bottom, I give the pizza a squeeze just to make sure, like, you know, the pieces go. And then I start to do that kicking, kicking, kicking up to the... I'll never forget this. My eyes broke the water. There's the whole family standing on the side of the boat (laughs) looking at me. And (laughs) I neglected to remember that in a high salt content, everything floats. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) So So the pizza? Not the pizza. Thousands of little pieces of pizza. It's like fish have been fed are floating all around me, bobbing. I'm bobbing in the water with this pizza, pizza. all scattered. It was one of those things. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't say, like, oops. You know?
0: <laughs> Whoops. How did that get here? <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> oh. The pizza that you just gave me is all of a sudden all over the all Mediterranean.
1: Over. The Poor family. You talk about, you talk about People talking, I can tell you now that they have many times at their dinner table said, do you remember that exchange student <laughs> yeah, that we had? Yeah. The one that <laughs> dove into the water with the pizza that we brought her?
0: <laughs> well, um, have you ever traveled cross country?
1: So when, So I have. I went on a little bus tour when I was younger, and we went all the way across up to Seattle, down to the mm-hmm. tip of Mexico, and came back, it was amazing. And I've I've driven several times, maybe out to Colorado, or when we lived in Texas, we would drive home. Mm-hmm. And I love it, I love, I love road trips. The one thing I can remember is, we had a friend who gave us a DVD player when we were driving back from Texas with the kids in the car. Mm-hmm. And we drove probably the first, I don't know, 15 hours having the best time after 15 hours. I said, okay, kids, would y'all like to watch some, I love Lucy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'd be so much fun. So I put it in, they watched three or four episodes and I said, all right, it's time to stop. And the children turned into (laughs) the most unpleasant, you know, we almost put a sign in the car that said children for sale. (laughs) And I took the DVD player uh, charger cord and popped it off. So uh-huh. just ripped, just ripped it, so it was broken, and we've never had one since. Because I think a car ride is amazing. You just you have such good times when you when you're actually present to the drive That's across true. the country. That's true. Have you driven across country?
0: Um. Well, yes. Um. One time, I um. Uh, summer of my after my sophomore year. Uh, A friend of mine, David, and I decided we were going to go out west. I mean, when I say we decided, I was like, hey, what do you want to do this summer? I don't know. "Uh, You want to go out west? Sure.
1: (laughs) That sounds about (laughs) right. (laughs) And
0: I I can't believe my parents let me do it with no plan at all. Anyway, we drove out. Um, We wound up in Sun Valley, Idaho, had this just hilarious summer. I worked on a on a trail maintenance crew cutting down trees and digging up stumps and worked with a whole cast of characters that I'll tell you about another time. But but then um I wanted I needed to come back before David. So my sister flew out to meet me and she and I drove back. Oh fun. Yeah, it was great. And and it was this whole idea that we'd Keep a little journal and present it to our parents. And, you know, she, it would be fun. She was in high school. Uh, she just finished high school, I guess. Anyhow, so, um, so we start out on the trip. She flies out. I meet her. We start out on the trip. And we had, I did plan out a route. There were people we were going to see and things we were going to see. Well, in the, and also I wanted to camp, you know, st- you, know sure. you know, hang out at these different campgrounds or whatever and she was up for that so anyway mary and i we start rolling and uh we get to the first campsite and it is near cody wyoming which is close to yellowstone and uh there's a huge sign on the campground that says uh beware of grizzly bears
1: that was, I was—I thought it was going to say tarantula mating season. <laughs> yeah. Pack them up, kids. Let's go. It, was,
0: I, it may have been grizzly mating season. I don't know, but I thought, nope, not <laughs> staying here. We're good. <laughs> so we go. We go on down the road. We get to Cody, and there is another form of grizzly bear, and that is the. Like, roadside uh, motel uh, well no it was just this convention of you know bikers oh yeah you know hell's angels types of bikers and stuff Great. like that yeah oh, another yeah. Oh, oh yeah you blend <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so anyway we find that one it was a day's in. there was so all the hotel rooms were filled up because this this group was having this big party or whatever and i'm like oh man i mean i don't know what to do here so anyway go to the days in and the guys like I got I got one room. And I go, "Great." And he says, "Um, it's the honeymoon suite." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh boy." <laughs> so, so Mary, Mary was not with me. So anyway, so I'm like, "Great, I'll take it." So we drive the car around. Right. <laughs> to the to where the we're going to enter the hotel, you know, hallway. And I go in ahead and she had Uh, I had pulled this big duffel bag out, and I dropped it in the parking lot. And I was like, all right, look, I'm just going to go in and get the room unlocked. So I come marching down the the hallway, and she got her wires crossed or whatever. So she's bringing in this huge duffel bag, which is all of her stuff for the cross-country trip, plus all of my stuff from the summer. it's big. It's heavy. It's It's unwieldy. Yeah, I mean, you know. There's like, God knows what's in there. It's just, it probably (laughs) looked like. Bowling (laughs)
1: ball, a couple
0: helmets. (laughs) Pins, bricks, you know, like whatever it was, right? So she's struggling with this thing, bringing it down. She's a pretty strong person, but, you know, it's big and and, um, bulky. And anyway, right at that moment, I'm looking down the hallway and there's this family coming towards me. And so help me God, right in front of the door it says big sign, red sign, like really red with really white lettering, honeymoon sweet. <laughs> so I look at the family, I look at my sister struggling with this <laughs> with this <laughs> this bag. And I look back at the family and I go, Hurry up, honey. <laughs> so anyway, they walk by me like Totally horrified, Mary gets there with the bag. We go in, and I'm not kidding you. They had it is absolutely true what I'm about to tell you a heart-shaped hot tub
1: <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which I'm hoping you did not get in
0: i I got in clothed with no water and to take the picture to prove that there was there, there the, was the, at the, least the, one in the United States of america
1: that is funny did did Mary appreciate your did she laugh? She she she
0: got a pretty good <laughs> chuckle out of it.
1: You reminded me of when McGill, my third child, came home for the first time. Mm. So the day before he was due to be born, my lovely parents flew in from Richmond to Dallas, Texas. I was outside with my two young my two daughters, and they started. Scratching, they were scratching, and I said, "What are you scratching at? Did you hmm. get a mosquito get in your window?" And she had a little bite on her arm, and said,
0: this this is the day before McGill was born. Day
1: before McGill was born, I'm I'm big as a house. Two little girls were sitting outside, and I lift up one of their shirts, and they have bites all over them. Oh boy! And I realize this is not just a mosquito that's gotten in the window. We have a problem, and it turns out. I, I still have no idea why, but we have a flea infestation.
0: <laughs> so, oh,
1: no. Oh, oh no is right. So my poor parents have come in to oh, stay no. at our house, take care of everyone. I've never been so glad to have a job like giving birth to do, but just to <laughs> get out of that place. And I, I was lucky enough in this scenario. Great to see you. <laughs> yeah, to have a C-section, which meant you get five full days in the hospital. And um, at any rate, then we had to bring McGill home, a newborn baby, into this house that was had an unsolvable flea problem. And my mother hired <laughs> three or four different companies to try and come solve the issue to oh. no avail. And uh, it was a terrifying thought to have to leave this hospital. And in Dallas, Texas, the hospitals are incredible. Margot Perot um, Neonatal Center, where mm-hmm. you have your baby, mm-hmm. is as lovely as a place I've ever been. I mm-hmm. mean, you can go to the homestead, I guess, but I'll go to Margot <laughs> Perot any day of the week. They treat you nice. You get the little ices. The sheets are clean. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. But anyway, we came home, and I wrote this poem about the experience I oh, want to share yes. with you. And it's called, it's called Homecoming. So here we go. Months of nesting all for naught. A plague of fleas is what we've got. They lay in wait to take a bite of tender babe on his first night at home. In room 533 at Margot Perot. bacterial foam wherever you go, no pest to pounce upon the bed, no, a sterile place to lay ahead to sleep. But five quick days of nurse and nap, leaving in luxury's gentle lap, excuse me, living in luxury's gentle lap, have come to a close for baby and mother who must leave at midnight to find another rooftop. Mother worries about what to do. Grandmother hires not one but two companies to come rid the place of fleas. Now it is a race against time. Mother laments and wonders why the pest refused to leave or die and thinks to herself, who else could be bringing a newborn home to a flea infestation? And then the thought of an ancient birth, one which holds both joy and mirth, where shepherds came on bended knee with ox and ass and sheep and flea to a manger. And while we haven't horse or cow, sheep or donkey, goat or sow, no shepherd star or wise men three, we were not forsaken by the flea who awaits our homecoming.
0: (laughs) 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 That's so great. I love that. I love your poems. They're so clever in, in how you twist it around. When when you went to the three, the line of three, referencing the you know you knew first, flea was coming, I knew flea was coming. Like how's she gonna do that?
1: You know what? That <clears throat> writing that poem made it okay. Writing that poem made it okay uh-huh. somehow. He did not get bitten by one flea. You're the rest, kidding? Nope. The rest of us suffered greatly. <laughs> I I seriously considered setting fire to our house, <laughs> not in a joking way. It was I actually had this moment where I thought it wouldn't be so bad. It would burn to the ground. We'd lose a little. We'd lose a lot, but. <laughs> We can start fresh. <laughs> we could begin again. We can stoop and build once more. Live intense. Woo.
0: Create a new home. That's right.
1: A new home. But you asked a question earlier of this this notion of what is home? And if we if we think about traveling, leaving, going to work, coming home, with the experiences and walking in mm-hmm. the front door. What what is home? Mm-hmm. And I think I'd love to know from you. I, for me. Home can mean a lot of different things i I'm very lucky enough to have both of my parents still with me, so there's to me wherever i I walk in their home, I feel that I am home mm. i I also feel like I'm home when i when I come into this home that I've created, but there's something deep and foundational about the i go back to smell again the smell the right the being able to see my two parents there and I'm wondering, for you, do you have that same, you're living, you live in the home you grew up in.
0: That's true. Um, yes. And, um, you know, we've changed it around and, and all that kind of stuff. But I have, I have very important memories of conversations that I had, uh, in particular with my father. Um I have a very evocative memory of the last time that one of his best friends came to see him right before he died. Um, so home for me is you know, and now I have my own family, my own responsibilities, and I'm a father. And so I, we're building memories, presumably of our or our children are building memories of their parents in the home, and you know, home is a, it, it's an incredibly important place. No and i know i'm no I'm no fool I know that some people's homes are not pleasant places to be um also know that there are people who create a home out of with not very much you know that they can do that and i I think that you know we we've we've talked about homecoming we've talked about travel you know getting this perspective new perspective surviving hitchhiking attempts <laughs> <laughs> um i I do remember mm, There was an essay that we used to read in the English classes, and it was uh, I would assign it every year. And the the essay was by this man named Pico Iyer, and the the essay itself was called "Why Travel." Why do we travel? And his one of his main points is, you know, we travel initially to lose ourselves and then we travel and then the next part of it is we travel to find ourselves and it's this exploration of the self but then the essential element of that is of course coming home right what do you where who are you when you come back home
1: and that's a big thing because I think for many travels that you have you're fundamentally different and I, I can remember as a child going to camp, my camp lasted one week. It was in the hills hmm. of Kentucky, a place called the Cathedral domain and I remember my mother would drop me off <clears throat> and I would leave I would live seven lifetimes in that one week. It was such a new and visceral experience. It was so many new friends that we we made such strong connections just
0: in one fast. week
1: fast hmm. yes, and the, the The life experience was so different from the one that I had in my day-to-day. And I can remember coming home and thinking how much I'd changed and how little my parents had changed. Mm. I mean, I could feel that they were the same people they were when I had gone away, oh, those many years one week ago. (laughs) right. But that I was a different person, and I wondered if they knew you know or or, or, or yes anyway I, I could feel i could feel the the incredible differences or the growth or right in the experiences
0: and and growth uh, in any form or fashion should be a little bit painful and unpleasant at times and travel itself can be that I mean, you know, we were trying to make a distinction earlier between travel and vacations. And in my sort of general sense, it's vacation is sort of like where you go and like most things are taken care of. Like yeah, you don't that's have fair. you don't have any worry about it. But when you travel and you gotta move hither and yon or you It's inconvenient. Uh, or you don't know the language or you know yes, there are inconveniences and um this is coming back to me now in that Pico Iyer essay. He makes a connection between the word travel and travail, uh-huh. which is the word to, for work, travail.
1: Because it is work. It, it is, is work. work. When you go to a foreign place where you distinctly are the foreigner, it is, it is work. Whether it's the new language or finding some way to make a connection, it is work. Mm-hmm. And it does provide an incredible amount of growth. You know, and it comes back in the form of these stories. And I, I think it's interesting because when you travel, very rarely is it growth that people can see. It's just growth that you can feel.
0: Right. That's very true. Right. That's very true. I mean, um, when to go back to the first story I told, when we landed back in the United States, I was so happy that I was a citizen of this country. And, you know, the country itself, we've had a a hard, rocky, you know, existence at various points, and especially the last year. But I was so grateful that I was an American, because when we were somewhere else, I didn't know how we were going to fight an infectious disease in a, in a, in a country where we didn't know anyone and we didn't speak the language. That was pretty scary. But that was a hell of a good growing experience for me to come back and be super grateful for the life that I have here in my home.
1: So the new perspective. So it reminds me, it reminds me when I was little, I would go visit my great aunts out in the country in Montpelier. Mm-hmm. And it was a Sunday activity, Old People's Day, right? You'd go out and you go visit your, your, all your old people in your life. And they would always make a big deal about how much my sister and I had grown. You know, oh, uh-huh. look, Courtney. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. You, you, sure. you and Peyton go back to back. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I think you grew. She's definitely growing. just growing like a weed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's so interesting as a, in adulthood, we look the same year to year unless we've had some kind of tragedy, right? We generally look like we always do. It's very hard to see growth in adults. Very true. And yet it's happening in big ways. And so I always find that interesting when you see someone you haven't seen for a long time to remember that they have had incredible growth since you last saw them Mm. and to give space for that in your you know your friendship homecoming like and like as you as you come back home to that person how can you discover where you know where they were when you left off how can you discover where they are now
0: that's true and and also even with people you don't know well you know to i find myself trying to say just Give them a break or whatever. Like, if you just be kind. Like, people are all dealing with their own things. Um, but I think your your point is very well taken. That you know, this idea of growth happening, positive growth, even though the lessons may be unpleasant or the experiences may be a little unpleasant, but maybe that's one thing that's going to come out over as we come out of. You know what the last year or two has been we're gonna start traveling, we're gonna start growing, we're gonna start being positive we're gonna learn good stuff we're gonna we're gonna be better people I think I hope that happens
1: I feel it already I feel it already people are excited about the true. rebirth opportunity true they've true. gotten a chance to put their foot on the pause button, yep. Now, was it forced upon us all? Absolutely. But we all had to pause. We all had to look around and we all had to say, this is our home. And we got to live in it. I love that. And then we had to make it what we, it was what it was, right? That's right. And then rooms that used to be unused became game rooms or became, Mm -hmm. you know, new bedrooms or, you know, already, I think we are experiencing an incredible rebirth. And you know it's funny when 2020 came, it was hard not to think about the roaring twenties, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we were slapped down. You know, but mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have the roaring twenties. People are there is a hunger. There's a yes. there's a pent up demand, is the way we're hearing it in business. But there is a hunger in people to go experience life, right? And to I grow.
0: Agree. I agree. Well, as usual, thanks. This I. I didn't know where this conversation was gonna go, and I always come out of it, you know, I've learned something, I've thought about something. Obviously, we've laughed.
1: Just so. The next time you travel, remember, refuse the scanner. Refuse <laughs> the scanner, get your massage.
0: I'll try that. I, I'll come back and report back to you.
1: Sounds good.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe
1: and share with any of your friends you think might enjoy being a part of this conversation.
0: We'd also love to hear your thoughts and stories. So visit us at www.igotoneforyou.com or email us directly at igotoneforyou.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.